your dreams are achievable. They just might not turn out exactly the way that you thought they would, but that's okay. Welcome to A Congruent Life, where we share inspirational stories of authenticity and happiness. A Congruent Life is an interview project sharing the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things, discovering their passions, and living authentic, amazing lives. Here's your host, Andy Gray. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of A Congruent Life. My name is Andy Gray, and thanks for joining us here today. This is episode number 40, and today I'm talking with Ben Robinson. Ben and a couple of his friends decided to go surfing in each of the seven seas while helping to reduce teen suicide in their native Australia. They later made an inspiring documentary of their journey called Three Mates, Seven Seas. It was a bit difficult catching up with Ben, who frequently finds himself spending extended time in the middle of the ocean and in territorial Australia otherwise. The quality of the audio in this conversation isn't as clear as usual, but I was glad to have the opportunity to talk with Ben. I'm talking today to Ben Robinson, who is the creative force behind a project and ultimately a documentary film called Three Mates, Seven Seas. Ben, welcome to A Congruent Life. Hey. Hey, you going, Andy? Thanks for uh, having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's uh, just start, Ben, with maybe a quick introduction. Uh, can you introduce yourself to our audience and tell them a little bit about what you're up to? Oh, yeah, totally. I'm... Uh... I'm a co-producer in Three Mates, Seven Seas, which is a documentary based around a journey I did some years ago, um, surfing the world's seven seas. And along the way, we spoke to uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of high school students uh, about following their dreams. And uh, for a very long time, my friends and I, who were studying at uh, university, we wanted to surf around the world and visit all these great places um, chase that perfect wave. But along the way, we also wanted to make sure that our journey uh, impacted on other people's lives as well. And, uh, yeah, we came up with the concept Three Mates, Seven Seas. So where did this come from? Was it really just you and your friends wanting to go surfing and sort of embark on this epic adventure? Yeah, I mean, we all had an... We all definitely had an interest in the ocean and surfing. But at, the, at around the same time, uh, when, whilst we were studying at university, we were all doing sort of similar degrees. Um, we discovered that a lot of young people in Australia were harming themselves. And uh, unfortunately, Australia has one of the biggest rates of youth suicide in the world. And we were really surprised at that, that um, someone in, in regional Australia would um, – would want to do this to themselves and uh, believe it or not we 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 ourselves fit that profile of of young males living in regional australia so we decided that we'd use our journey as a metaphor for them um, through their later years of high school to help them get through their difficulties because we realized that um, with our small bank accounts and our our wacky plan of trying to surf all seven oceans, uh, we'd probably be faced with a few challenges along our way too. So we, we you know, pitched it to the schools and the schools really liked what we were talking about based around goal setting and, and having a plan. And then um, 
we got these students to follow us online. Now this is this is before Facebook, and so it was a real interesting sort of movement that that came behind us, uh, and ultimately in the film, we you know not that I really want to tell you the end of the film, but ultimately along the way we found that it was from our conversations that we had with these students along the way that really propelled us to actually finish our journey whereas if we probably hadn't included thousands of students we probably would have just stopped the project and and never fulfilled that that goal of ours yeah I love that there's so many layers to that. And and it seems like your um, sort of motivation and your learning really evolved over the course of this project. You know, maybe what started out as a surfing adventure suddenly started tying in with a, a larger purpose of uh, addressing youth suicide and then interacting with these students in a way that uh, was focused on goal setting and follow through. And like you said, they, they sort of motivated you perhaps to complete the trip in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, totally. I think sometimes um, that's what I love what, you know, what a congruent life does because when you set yourself out on a project, um, you may have these, I would, I would argue that don't get caught up too much in the detail because along the way, um, things change. They always do. But having set off on that journey, um, you're, you're putting something into action that you may not realise what the end game will be until you're beyond it. And looking back in retrospect, um, a funny story about Three Mates Seven Seas was I was away for two years. We, we covered off on some 40 or 50 countries and... So many people, when I got back, were like, wow, you, you're never going to get a job again. You've been unemployed for two years and what looks to be like just this surfing odyssey. How are you ever going to, you know, these are my career-minded friends anyway, how are you ever going to um, be employable again? Um, especially, you know, Australia is not unlike the States in many ways that, you know, we, we only just got through a recession recently. I started to doubt when I returned my employment opportunities and uh, all my other friends who kept moving forward in their careers, there were a few more steps up that ladder, so-called corporate ladder. But anyway, when I got back, I, I applied for a job at Red Cross um, because I, I loved what Red Cross stood for. And for so many interviews I'd went for, I started to explain Three Mates, Seven Seas and, you know, their eyes would glaze over and, you know, it, it wasn't helping me. But then in this interview with this with these three ladies um, on the panel, one lady said, yes, um, Ben, can I cut you off there? And she explained um, what the trip was about because she had subscribed to the journey. And from that point on, I knew I'd got the job because I didn't have to explain myself. She actually explained the journey for the rest of the panel. And, um, yeah, it set me on a course with Red Cross, which was, which, you know, I never would have imagined that, this surfing odyssey would have led to a really good job at um, the humanitarian organization. That's great. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about the, uh, the dynamics of you and your friends on this trip? Uh, it seems like that's an integral part of the story was, um, again, you know, your, your buddies going off surfing, but there was a whole lot of um, interesting dynamics between you guys and a lot of learning, I think, in the times that you spent together. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I mean... I've done. I have done quite a bit of travel by myself, and I do think you learn a lot through travel by yourself. But 
um, when you're in such a, a small space with two of your best mates, you learn a lot about your own behaviour as well as theirs. And I guess throughout, you know, when whenever you've travelled with someone, you, you do put an extra stress layer of stress, it seems, on the relationship uh, when it comes to decision-making and, um, you know, what's going to happen next. So with with Danny and Sean, we, we spent nearly two years on the road together uh, and we had very little money at times for, for different challenges we had to had to get through like the Sahara Desert you know we along the way we we crashed our car and we we had to get rescued by this this group of uh, uh, like non non-profit um, saber trust that the name was but they they go and build schools in Africa and they had to rescue us because we broken down our car and smashed it to bits really and uh, <laughs> when that happened looking at how Sean, and how Danny uh, handled problems, the same problem as that I had, was just really uh, insightful because it made me always, when I when I come away from that, it always made me look at through different projects, through Danny's and through Sean's eyes because any problem you come against, whether that's pursuing your dreams or um, uh, getting to the office in the morning, um, there's so many different ways you can address that problem and no one way is more right than the other. And so that's what being in close proximity to my two best friends, I learned that along the way that you can, there's so many different ways you can get around things and don't feel like that one way is the only way because it's not. There's a number of different things I, I learned along the way, but there's just those little gems that come back to you when you're, when you're looking back on the trip and, and thinking when you're at sticking points in different different parts of your life, yeah. I think it's so great how you involved teenagers as an integral part of your journey and, you know, had them sort of inspire you and uh, be an integral part of what you were up to. Why do you think that they were so motivated by your journey and what did you learn from them? Oh, well, young people, I think um, they're, they're amazing to be around. I mean, they can be... They can be challenging at times and, and and tough company at other times. But these young people along the way, we, we would talk to them in our, our chat room. Obviously, we didn't invite them along physically, but um, we'd kind of just say what's going on. You know, we've, we almost capsized on, on a dugout canoe in, in the uh, in the Lombok Straits, uh, in a you know pretty treacherous part of part of the ocean, and. Um, just some of the things that they came back with were so like uh, innocent and and but often worked because they had uh, you know some clarity of being young and and uh, maybe a naivety that you you sometimes the older you get you you seem to to lose that and these these young people sort of towards the end propelled us to actually make sure we fulfilled our promise to surf surf the world seven seas it's it's like when you say you're having a, a tough time and you in the in the essence you speak to a mate you know and, and you, your mate tells you how you can get around a certain problem or or doesn't maybe or just listens to you then if your mate hasn't given you the right answer that you seek well then you speak to someone else and that's what happened as we went along unintentionally with these young people they they started to provide us with solutions to get us get us back home so yeah i think i think as a guy 
as well, Andy, I think we often, I'm, I'm allowed to say this because I'm a guy, um, we often don't have the courage to seek help from others. We, we say, no, nah, no, nah, I can get it done. I'll just do it this way because I've always done it. But um, which, you know, to a point is, is inspiring as well. But it is okay to ask for help and, and to, to involve others is to create something very magical. There were, I presume, a lot of different causes or awarenesses that you could try to highlight uh, through this journey. Why specifically youth suicide? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it, as I said, I mean, in, in Australia, uh, unfortunately, for men, men aged between 15 and 44, suicide is the biggest cause of death in Australia, um, which is staggering. One in four people in Australia will suffer from a mood disorder that will impact their lives. One in seven people will suffer from depression. One in 30 students, this is unbelievable, that one in 30 students in their final year of high school will try to commit suicide, which, you know, Australia is supposed to be called the lucky country. And so for us, when we when we started to uncover some of these facts, we were just like, well, that's obvious. Um, that's the cause we need to support because if people are not choosing life, nothing else is going to, to help them because they won't be here. So we didn't really talk about youth suicide at all in the schools. We talked about, in some ways, suicide prevention, about making sure that you have goals and, and having a plan, which has kind of been around for a long time. But you'll find that when you have friends or family, and you know, even myself, I ironically, when I returned from Three Mates Seven Seas, I, I too suffered from an episode of depression, that these people won't have goals they won't even know what they want to do for the rest of the afternoon. And so by instilling some inspiration in these young people, we thought that that might help them in turn create some goals and, and have something they're working towards for the following year. And, you know, we weren't psychologists. We're still not. So we just wanted to base it around positive mental health messages and, and saying that your dreams are achievable. They just might not turn out exactly the way that you thought they would, but that's okay. So yeah, I guess why did we choose that? Because it's it's such a, it was such a problem, and still is over the course of Three Mates Seven Seas and other similar projects out there. Because I know there are a lot of documentaries uh, in a space right now that are that have a social message. You know, we'll be able to help more and more people, and then in turn they'd be able to help people themselves as a as a community. Well, what a fantastic gift for a really important bit of work, an important issue. So thanks for the work that you're doing in that regard. No worries. I, I love what I do. So, yeah, and I mean, that's the other thing with with uh, congruent life. I For many years, I taught outdoor education and uh, we'd use this, this metaphor, you know, on a rock climbing face, for example, or a, um, on a ropes course, you know, We'd, we'd say to these young people and, and oh, old, you know, adults as well, we did some adult courses. When you're on these ropes courses, you know, you're faced with problems. What we want you to do is take those lessons home and apply them in your real life. I think that's in some ways flawed because my take on it now is that if you want problem-solving skills, you think is a congruent life. Follow what it is that is authentic because all of a sudden you will have problem-solving skills because you're believing in what you're doing and you're 
on a path, uh, if that if that makes sense. So um, you will get those things because you want to get to uh, where you're going, and <clears throat> you won't let anything, any little thing along the way, stop you. So you guys went on this this epic trip and then um, ultimately decided to create a documentary about your, your journey. Can you talk a little bit about that process, about creating a film and, and what why you decided to create a documentary and what you hope it will accomplish? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, as the saying goes, a picture, <clears throat> a picture tells a thousand words, so a movie probably tells a million words. Um, we, we spent many, many hours on this journey setting up tripods, doing sort of rough storyboards of, of even though the filming was reasonably organic, we, we didn't really have, um, we knew we were going to surf the seven seas. We didn't really write it all out or script it. We'd done all that. That was the hard work was done. Um, all we had to do when we come home was put it together. Uh, and it, it really, it came back to our idea of sharing our story and, and hoping that it would, help others in their own pursuit of purpose or pursuit of their dreams. When we came home, as you can imagine, two years on the road together with two mates, it could be anybody, with very little money, the last thing we wanted to do was then take off on this other big journey about uh, putting a, a documentary together for television broadcasts and blah, blah, blah. So we basically just put the project down and, and gave all of us some time to reflect um, I actually went to Canada and spent some time over there and Danny and Howie, well, Howie kind of fell in love and Danny, he went back and studied to become a teacher. He, he wasn't a teacher at the time, but um, along the way he uh, was inspired to get a teaching degree. So the idea to have a documentary was always part of the trip, but it took us it took us nearly 10 years to put the documentary together, which, you know, is sometimes we try to hide that fact but now I'm kind of like well yeah you know it, it took us a long time because we think we we wanted to get it right process along the way was um, was difficult as well uh, if you've met if you've ever uh, spoken to any authors or of, of um, yeah you know, I've got a couple of friends who are authors for some big journeys when they rewrite their books or, or write their books to get published, it's almost like you have to relive that journey again. And that's what it was like to um, produce a documentary. It, um, it's an, it was an arduous task and uh, we had over nearly 80 hours of footage that uh, was filmed by amateurs really. You know, we, we didn't really – I think we all studied a weekend film course but – you know, all the uh, people were telling us at the time was just keep filming. You know, when when times, especially when times get tough, keep filming, um, which is easier said than done. It is a warts and all account of what it's like to pursue a dream, especially for us. I think sometimes when you see your top sportsmen or um, people who are at their their height of their careers, you don't see all the hard work that goes into getting there. And so we were very conscious of that with with Three Mates Seven Seas. Along the way, yeah, we did surf the World Seven Seas, but to get there we, we crashed several cars, we nearly drowned, 
basically we nearly died in the Sahara Desert, which is kind of funny now, but it wasn't at the time. And those things were what made the trip um, a greater success when, when now I talk about it. A project like this is so big uh, and spans so much time. Uh, as you said, it's been 10 years since your trip. Where does the motivation to persevere and see this project through come from for you? Well, yeah, I mean, it has to come back to the uh, the cause of pursuing a congruent life even. or um, When I was on the Three Mate Seven Seas, there was moments of clarity of people uh, that you meet that you know that the work that you're doing is meaningful. When you do find something that agrees with you and, and is me- is making meaningful changes in other people's lives, it's inspiring and it, and it makes you uh, want to get up in the morning. So, yeah, for me, it, it probably goes back to wanting to um, stay true and, and, and make sure that people in Australia are in a better position than, than they were before Three Mate Seven Seas. Or, <laughs> it's a bit of a lofty goal. <laughs> One kind of uh, topic or question that comes up a lot when we talk about projects like this, people often wonder, you know, how is it that you can do this? How, how, how can I engage in a passion project that maybe isn't necessarily a job? So how, how does that work for you? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, I kind of just touched on it then. Um, I've, I have done many different jobs to, to help me um, pursue my passion. So to produce a film, you need a certain amount of money because obviously you look at the credits and it seems like it's a never-ending stream of um, people involved with that, and that's because there is. So independent productions um, like Three Mates, Seven Seas and like many others out there, a lot of the time you have to be you have to be the person who gets the money. You have to be the person who does the edit. You have to be the person who does the direction, and, and the list goes on. I work in the oil and gas industry, which is completely um, different to what I do with my passion. But the reason why I do that job is because it gives me the time and and some money to be able to put myself in a space where I can give without looking to receive. Yeah, we all have to make. Yeah, you know, we all. A lot of us have mortgages. I'm somewhere in between, uh, at a living sort of like a hybrid life in some ways. You know, I haven't gone completely cold turkey yet, um, but I am still getting projects done that I know are helping people. But at the same time, I'm still able to um, pay for a mortgage and uh, do all the adult things that I've I've still got in the in the other parts of my life. Um, it is. It is a challenge um, to sometimes um, our purpose uh, is not is not uh, financially rewarding. Um, but does that mean you stop doing it? Um, well, I'd argue no. It's just about trying to find ways uh, to be able to continue to do it uh, without having to rely heavily or dilute your message by bringing money into it. For for example, with our documentary, it is independently produced. So at the end of the day, I, I didn't do the direction on the film because, you know, the direction is the the story and, you know, you can't be the director of your own documentary. Um, we got a, a company who we put it out on YouTube and a company came back to us, Pie Full of Blackbirds, who, who did all the work pro bono really, um, 
to make sure this message got told. But the great thing about that was because finance or money wasn't really involved with it, the end, the end edit, the end, the finished product is our message. When we were talking before, Ben, you mentioned that um, authenticity seems to be kind of a theme in your life lately, and you're hearing a lot about authenticity, and people are approaching you to talk about authenticity, and and that's really what the the purpose of a congruent life is. You know, as we've talked, it's it's really about um, making those conscious choices to live deliberately and live authentically or congruently. So, uh, what does living authentically or congruently mean to you? I don't think it's a um a destination per se, I think it's a journey that we take every day of our lives in the decisions that we make. It's about if it's something about your health and, and wanting to, um, you know, lead a more healthier life, every day you go to the supermarket, you're going to make a decision with um, what you buy. So I think living authentically is, for me even, um, about social change, well, I look back and say, well, if today is going to be, you know, I'm not perfect and nobody is um, and I have bad days and, and days where I'm probably the least social changing person of all time but consciously, day in, day out, I try to make some decisions around um, being a being a social change maker and, and, and saying, well, how is what I'm doing now going to help um, make the world a, a, a better place than was than it was before I, w- I was here at a, at a social human level. Um, so that really for me being congruent is is about having these conversations. And then today, this afternoon, I might speak to someone about Andy Gray and say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I spoke to a guy from Oregon today and uh, he does this blog and then that person might talk to someone else. So... When a, you know, when a fire starts to burn, it, it will take off, um, sometimes with or without you. <laughs> so, Ben, how can our listeners engage with you or find out more about the film? Well, that's an interesting question, Andy, because at the moment we're submitting the film to a number of film festivals. And, and there's, some, there's some film festivals uh, that we've um, Tribeca Film Festival uh, and different ones in the States, for example, that, that uh, we're entering the film into um so unfortunately uh you can't really buy it online or download it um i mean you can go to our website the reason why you can't is because a lot of these film festivals they're like the mafia in some respects they um they want this exclusivity they don't want anybody to have seen the film prior to uh the release of it at their film festival because then more people will buy tickets to the um, to the film festivals. But uh, look, if you if you go to the website um, www.3mate7cs.com, uh, the number three, the number seven, and you um, you go to the contact page, you can drop me an email and uh, I might be able to. Uh, send you one off uh, just uh, because you're a friend of Andy's. <laughs> um, and that way we, you know, I, I don't want to um, put it back online because it'll, uh, it might uh, jeopardise our success at, fingers crossed, Tribeca. So, yeah. 
Totally understand. Well, that that makes sense. And if that if that changes down the road where it is available online, let me know, and I'll be glad to provide an update to our listeners. Uh, okay. Yeah. No worries, Andy. Um. Hey, it was. I, I really do. Look, I'm really grateful that uh, you've uh, given me the opportunity to speak on a congruent life. I've 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 been following you ever since you've uh, you touched base with me, and uh, I mean, I think what you're doing is uh, not quite noble, and uh, I think uh, you know I don't need to tell you that uh, you're doing the right thing there because um, you'll get feedback. That's the great thing, you know, when you live more authentically you'll get signposts and feedback along the way that um, you'll know you, you're travelling down the, that right road. So um, keep doing it, Andy, and, um, yeah, I look forward to, you, to the people that you interview in the, in the future. Well, thanks, Ben. And likewise, thanks uh, for sharing your story in such a such a helpful way, you know, take, taking this journey and and having it be such a source of inspiration for so many people and particularly focusing on the issue of youth suicide, which is a really important issue uh, around the world, but it sounds like particularly in Australia. So thanks for applying your energy and, and being a force for good in that way. <laughs> anytime, Andy, anytime. If you ever come to Australia, let me know. Likewise, if you make it to Oregon, let me know. We have a great film festival here in Bend, Oregon, so I hope to see you there maybe next time. Okay, terrific. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Ben Robinson. The show notes for this episode are at acongruentlife.net slash 40 or acongruentlife.net slash Robinson. Many thanks to those that have been subscribing and leaving reviews for the show. If you're enjoying what we're doing here, I'd really appreciate it if you take a quick moment to subscribe to the show in A Congruent Life. You can do that on iTunes at acongruentlife.net slash iTunes or Stitcher at acongruentlife.net slash Stitcher. Thanks so much. Big thanks again to Audible.com for supporting A Congruent Life. If you're a fan of great audio content, you'll love Audible. Audible's offering A Congruent Life listeners a free audiobook download, which you can access at aclbook.com. Once again, thanks for listening to A Congruent Life. I really do appreciate your support. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to A Congruent Life. For more, please visit us on the web at acongruentlife.net. Do you have feedback about the show or suggestions for future guests? Please contact us through the website or send an email to feedback at acongruentlife.net. See you next time.